0: So I had an idea. Usually Uh, this doesn't pan out well, but... So my idea, I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now, of having like a word of the day or something or a word of the podcast Mm. that's kind of... It's normal enough that we could work it into a conversation. Okay. But also strange enough that it wouldn't happen naturally unless you were trying. (laughs) It doesn't belong
1: in the conversation. It like doesn't
0: belong there and we could just decide on it beforehand and not say what it is, mm-hmm. but then see if people can, like, try to guess what the word of the day was. Okay. I have, an, I have an idea for one today. Excellent. And you might, you could put this in, like, the intro or something if you end up doing this. If you guys like the idea? Yeah. I'm in. Um, do you want to know what the word is? Yep. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal.
1: Okay, so Fundamental Moral Theology class with Father De Gaulle. he was explaining um, how the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is. So like Jesus is not... Um, where he is the kingdom of God made incarnate Mm -hmm. like wherever he is is where the kingdom is he's the autobasilea that's exactly right that's Mm -hmm. the word that he used, and they spelled out the greek um but then the realization hit me of like we're living in the end times but kind of what does that practically look like and then we talk about the significance of the eucharist Mm -hmm. of being the source and the summit of the faith and then like so putting this fact that wherever jesus is is where the kingdom literally is, and then to think about the Eucharist, what it what it is in reality—the body and blood of Jesus—and uh, then to think, like on the campus, on our campus alone, we have five or six tabernacles where Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Like how we're living right now, it's not something that we're waiting for the the second coming. Like it is, uh, to an extent, but even more so, like we're living in it right now Jesus mm-hmm. is here uh, with us right now so what are the implications of that uh, not just on a practical level of like okay how does that affect my daily life but like what does it mean to receive the Eucharist and to actually become a part of the kingdom because the kingdom incarnate has become a part of you mm. and then the understanding of the mystical body is really hashes itself out like that but that was something that was very edifying in holy hour today was we're like Christianity is not something that you're waiting for. The whole idea of that is you wait for the hard thing, you wait for the frost thing. I think we did a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. But like right now is where it's intended to be incredibly awesome mm-hmm. because now here is the kingdom. Like every mass is the fleshing out of the coming of Jesus is the kingdom represented, truly present at every single mass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we partake in every single day. Uh, and kind of how monotonous that can be mm-hmm. but how insane that is like when you actually look at it yeah um
0: so I don't know well, I mean but what do you say to the person that's like oh yeah that sounds really great um you know that Jesus is present in the Eucharist and Je- wherever Jesus is there's the kingdom of God but does that mean the kingdom of God is like a bunch of songs I can't sing or don't want to sing and um a boring homily that I don't get anything out of and what does that look like, I think? That, that, to me, has always been the challenge.
1: Like the humanity We, we of believe the we, we
0: believe that this is so, that Jesus right. is really here, that he's really alive and active in the church. But then you go to a church, and you're bored by it. Like Ideally, the kingdom of God is not a boring place. It's true. Um, or you're offended by it, you know? Like if you, if it's just like, really garbage liturgy, or there's a bunch of people there that, you know, don't care to be there. and It's like a really ugly church. Like, I remember going to a confirmation once when I was uh, a seminarian and helping out. And it's just like, you know, the big part of the confirmation liturgy is waiting for all the kids to go up individually to the bishop, and the bishop kind of spends a couple minutes talking to the kid, then anoints their forehead and confirms them. Um, and people... You know, maybe through no fault of their own, except that they haven't been at church in years, don't know how to behave, it like breaks in the action during church, so they just start talking, and by the end of the thing, it's like a train station in there, and that was just the whole time I'm like, what are we even doing? This is like playing pretend. Everybody's saying, oh, these kids are choosing to be Catholic, and what are their sponsors and their parents doing? They're like texting and having a conversation during this supposedly sacred moment you know and maybe you would just say well they don't understand what's going on so it's it's not having an effect in your life because the kingdom has to be received right yeah you could say it's here jesus is here but first time he came around we killed him you know you could say those people didn't really get it um but i don't know i think that that's That's the ultimate hard thing, the hard sell for us, is like saying, Hey, come on into the kingdom. Most people will be like, What does that look like? You know?
1: Well, I think that's why when you see like you know, wherever there's been a period of time in the church where the kingdom hasn't been portrayed appropriately, how it is so damaging. That's why Father Barron's biggest thing is orthodoxy, like the importance of a good liturgy. Mm -hmm. Is if it's not done well, if it's not presented well, then forget about it. Uh, what was the talk that we heard two weeks ago where the guy talked about um, liturgy is doing things, his definition of liturgy was doing things... Doing the world like the
2: world was meant to be done.
1: Doing the world like the world was meant to be done. Mm. And so I think when you live out of accord with how things were meant to be done, how life was meant to be lived, it does look like, this is boring. Mm-hmm. This is, what's going on here? Which I think is where you where you see the necessity of good liturgy, or you see the necessity of good living, of good Christian living. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's not only undeniable, but when it's done poorly, it's also irrefutable. Like you can't you can't explain it; it's unexplainable. Like how can how can this bad example of Christianity, of the Mass, whatever, mm-hmm. be a, a representation of the kingdom? See, I can't really explain it. Mm -hmm. There's not really any good evidence to back this up Mm because we're just doing it wrong. It's just not how it's supposed to be done.
0: Right. Well, in my experience, contrast that, the confirmation that was kind of a bummer for me, with uh, the Easter Vigil, my junior year of college, done at U of I. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was like the RCIA class had tons of people in it. There were at least 30 or 40 people getting confirmed and a few people getting baptized. Um, I remember one Jewish kid was getting baptized, and he was like, everybody loved him because he was the funniest, like, most energetic guy. He was maybe like five feet tall and <laughs> skateboarded, and he was so psyched about the faith when he was coming in. And, um, but anyways, it was like everybody knew each other in a way, you know, and, the, uh, and if you didn't know them, you recognized them because they were around. And, it, you know, it wasn't just I'm going to RCAA class because I have to because I'm getting married to a Catholic or or whatever, you know, like most people were there because they wanted to be there. And the the mass was incredibly beautiful, you know, the homily was awesome, there's all this incense going, and then during the confirmation part of it where the priest is confirming these people that are all lined up in the sanctuary, just like shoulder to shoulder, Mm -hmm. tons of people um, were singing Veni Sancti Spiritus. Come Holy Spirit in Latin, and it's yeah. just like this chant over and over again, kind of a taise chant. And I was almost in tears, man. It was so beautiful. Like you, it felt like heaven was kind of crashing into earth, and we all got to enjoy it for this time. And then we all left that place, and we like had what we had given up for Lent that night before we went to bed, and like everybody's cracking bruise, and just really on fire and happy. And I think when you talk about the kingdom of God. That's, that's one of those church words that I heard growing up and had no idea what it meant. You have to kind of define these words for them to have any meaning, you know. And I think uh, the Our Father has it right there. Thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God, like you guys are saying, doing the world like the world's meant to be done. The kingdom of God is heaven on earth, where things on earth are like the things in heaven and that's what we pray for every day and think about the saints praying in heaven for us in heaven looking down on earth and saying let it be done according to your will on earth as it is in heaven like let earth be like it is here you know and so there's this interplay between heaven and earth that happens in the mass especially you know that kind of adoration of God is what we're all destined for and when it's done right I think most people will be like, something's happening here, even if I don't understand it, is super beautiful. And I, I kind of am too curious not to want to know more, you know. That's pretty amazing even to think about the Our Father, that the saints
2: in heaven can pray that prayer, the same prayer that a bunch of loggerheads down on earth here exactly are praying. And uh, I don't know, I think that when you were talking, Mike, about this, when you were talking about the the liturgy, it can be boring. I remember over the summer, Deacon Keating was saying that, like heaven will be perfectly beautiful. It'll be completely like experiencing the love of the Trinity. But what does beauty look on this side look like on this side of reality? It's bloody, and it looks like the cross. And so I guess what I was like reflecting on, um, as you were talking was at least in my life like I have certain moments when I feel more real than others and like I think certain experiences can draw that out of me and uh and honestly suffering in whatever capacity is I think something that that does that and so I think of even like the few loved ones that I've lost like grandparents and a couple uncles and stuff like that and um going to a Catholic funeral mass, I think, is one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced on Earth. And honestly, like, I've been to a vigil at U of I and, and um, had the same experience of, like, like, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. there have been a few masses that I've been able to, you know, been blessed enough to partake in. But honestly, even in these, you know, I, I guess I think specifically on these funeral masses, it's like, they weren't, you know... um Like, poorly done at all. They were very beautiful. But, like, the church was not immaculate or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But there was something about, like, getting into this ritual of the mass that you can experience. It's a felt experience that this is, like, this is not about me anymore because it's bigger than that. But it's kind of, it's almost like, uh, I'm almost thinking like the Old Testament when, like, God consumes the bush but the bush isn't destroyed. Like, that was the experience for me in these times. Um, And so I don't know, like, I don't know how you make it um, not boring for certain people, but, Mm -hmm. um, but like, I guess there's that reality there with, um, with the liturgy is that ultimately you're right. Everything, like everything that we have here is taking us to Christ who is the message. Like he's the messenger and he's the message and he is the kingdom um, by himself. Peter Crave talks about that too of like, people have a misconception of heaven because all heaven is, is being with Christ. Uh, it's
0: not a place. It's not like there can be a heaven without Jesus. Um, so I don't Yeah, know. like it's just, oh, if I'm really good, then I get to go to the golf course in the sky. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. that's a, I think that's a huge misconception.
1: Yeah. Wait, I thought it was um, like a roller park. Like, loggerheads all over the place and You know, people
0: riding on roller coasters. Yeah, it could be cloudy roller coasters. It definitely—it's like an infinity flags. Six flags.
2: (laughs) That's a big
1: ride. By the way,
0: (laughs)
2: business proposal here. Just throwing it out there. What if we created seven flags? So, so a nice little one upper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh
0: yes. Why is there something rather than nothing? But I remember one time specifically I was was driving to MC a confirmation and uh, I was driving down 294 and I noticed uh, the exit for um, where I used to get off to go to the nursing home when I was in first year pre-theology for my my, uh, field ed. Mm -hmm. And I had this thought like, well, what's stopping me from, you know, going there unannounced and just visiting old people? When I come, when I'm on my way back from this confirmation, once I'm done with my duties for the day, I had nothing else to do that evening. And I got there, sort of just told the people at the front desk, like I just like to visit people. I used to come here and I'm like, oh sure. Yeah, just let me go wherever I wanted. Yeah. And, That's uh, kind of scary, but. Yeah, <laughs> <it's really> scary. <laughs> it was, it was uh, a lot of nuns there because it was um, this community of nuns who had run this big hospital nearby. One, one room I went in, uh, there was this nun and she she was kind of losing it mentally. Um, but what was so funny was that she had she had some big book that was like Thérèse something or some kind of nunnish book. <laughs> and then on the inside of it was a little like Harper Classic kind (laughs) of, I can't remember, it was like, it was like To Kill a Mockingbird, or something like that, you know, just some other book. To make
1: it look like she was reading? Exactly, and like,
0: who's going to come by? It was probably some habit she had from Novitiate, when she was, you know, (laughs) 20 years old, and Mother Superior would come by and be like, make sure that they're reading some holy book. Right. Um, Oh, that's hilarious. So I came in, and I was like, oh, what are you reading? And she, she showed me the book, and, um, you know, it's clear she couldn't understand um, and she, but she was saying like my eyes don't work so well, and I was like, oh maybe I can read some for you. And she's like, what does this say? And it was like the, it was like the little ad in the back for other books, you know. Yeah. And so I just started reading that to her, and she's like, oh okay, yeah. And I, and she's like, well what does this say? And it was like the exact same part. And so I just read it again, and I was like showing her with my finger where I'm at, and she it was like nothing was being communicated except love that I took the time to do this. Uh, with her and I was I was drawn into it. I felt free, you know, like I don't have to be here um, Nobody's counting on me doing this job that I'm doing right now um, But I'm just here out of sheer whatever God had called me, you know put this idea in my head, and I just said yes to it um, anyway, I stay there for like maybe an hour and a half two hours or something with visiting various people and and I left, and as I was going into the into the parking lot to get back in my truck, this feeling of joy, and freedom, and and light, like lightheartedness that, um, had replaced sort of the heaviness or the you know bummed outness of the morning, whatever that was, whatever cloud was over me, you know, thinking probably thinking too much about myself, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I you know should I? It was just like spur of the moment. Thing, But it wasn't like, oh, I'm really self-satisfied. I feel so good because I did a nice thing for old people. It was gratitude, man, that was welling up that God had gotten me out of myself, you know, and into something that was like by no means glamorous or really, you know, flashy stuff. Um, And other than like, announcing this charitable deed on a podcast, I wasn't getting any credit for it, you know? Um, (laughs) The world knows now. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But you know what I mean? Like, this sort of, without that dynamic of, like, stepping out into, we can get so bogged down into, like, the world sucks, the world's crappy, look at all the suffering in the world, and... Like, you could even say, look at this nun who can't read anymore and has to be read to, and even then she doesn't understand it. Like, what's with her suffering? So, yeah, Connor, you did such a nice thing and you feel so good about it. What about her? Well, if we're bogged down in that and constantly, like, nitpicking God and being like, you should have made a better world and don't, like, step out into the glory behind the messiness, then you can't see the kingdom, which is what we started this conversation. The kingdom of God is latent, man and it waits to be activated in every human heart. And once you see, see the thing about science and like the scientist view, the materialist view, is it's constantly breaking down the human beings, knocking him down, knocking him and her down, saying you're nothing more than a fancy animal that's figured out a really good, uh, intelligent way of making a living in the world. But you just, you're basically an animal. You're nothing but your stuff. And when you die, nothing happens. You just go back into the earth. Um, And so Christianity, for the you know last three hundred years has been building up the human person and saying you're you are made with an immense dignity, man, and uh you have this potential and like if you want to flip it on, if you want to flip the switch on the kingdom of God and you like you can do more than you would have ever thought or imagined um uh, you can learn Spanish and go to an orphanage and like I mean, the things in my life—it's not, again nothing flashy—but I think every one of us sitting here and, and almost everybody at the seminary can say, like, didn't think I'd be a priest, but God knew and He, he called me here, and like, amazing things happen.
1: Yeah, there's—I think there's really something to uh, how you perceive the life, how you choose, how you choose to look at the world, really does play a huge impact because you're not going to see the beauty—you're not going to see the beauty behind anything if all you're doing is nitpicking and critiquing it the entire time. I, actually, the last girl that I dated before I came to seminary told me this was, it was something like some high statistic, like 75% of people, if all they did when they were sad was go into a mirror and smile at themselves or like laugh, make themselves laugh on purpose, then it would actually make them feel better and they would not be <laughs> sad anymore. Yeah. Um, or it would just it would just make you happier. Yeah. Um, But, and a lot of people, we kind of intuitively know that, but you don't want to do it.
0: You kind of (laughs) just
1: like want to be in this sad, miserable place with yourself.
0: Look Uh, at Irish music, like half of Irish music (laughs) is just to make you sad because people like being sad.
1: So there's, but it's, it's like the other side, you know, other side of the planet is you don't know, you don't want to go there because you're not there and you have to get outside of yourself in order to be in that place like, and like have you, this ever is been, where I am. you ever I am Wait a glory book
0: really quick Have you, you ever time. been bummed out and, and like somebody really chipper and happy yeah. is around and you're oh. like Shut up or go away. I don't want to hear it.
1: You are the worst right now. Look Where's how
2: happy you are right by walking in their shoes.
1: I mean and if you get in a room, if you get in a group of people and you just start intentionally laughing it makes everybody incredibly Don't happy. Don't do it at a wake, though. That's the I, worst. Okay, well, that's <laughs> prudence. We need prudence. There's a time and a place. <laughs> There's and And wakes, I'm not going to say always. Never say never. <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, and, and so, you know, I think it is kind of cheesy and cliche, but the attitude that you come into things with makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this podcast is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's because I think it's amazing. Yeah, kind of. Also but it's objectively amazing. It, it's objectively amazing. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. five reviews on iTunes
0: that tell me that. Is there five? Is there? Isn't there five? Oh, there's five. There's five five star ratings. Okay. And one of them. And is one there. of them is mine. <laughs> well, I, I had to make my opinion known.
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. That's you your have a right. right to your opinion. Yeah. That's your right. That is your right. So, I, you have to get outside of yourself, and I think suffering allows us to do that. Um, Suffering it pushes it out of yourself, pushes you out of yourself, mm-hmm. and allows you to see the beauty that you live in, which is the kingdom. Because the kingdom really is present. It's are we disposed to see what reality is? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we just want to hide behind old grumpy goose, old old sour face, old loggerhead over there. It's know? a question of
0: whether you're willing to accept it, though. That's the key thing, I think, in the mass. One of the words that mm-hmm. I always uh, am struck by is that. Um, in Spanish, it's voluntariamente aceptada, voluntarily accepted, the, the night before he was betrayed. And, oh, well, yeah. Um, accepted his passion. That suffering when it's received and accepted willingly, out of love, that's transformative. Are you ready?
2: Okay. Three dogs north are juice.